and online at 960thebull.com. Your home for CBS Sports Radio, WRNS Kinston, Sports Talk 960 The Bull. CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College here on Memorial Day, Monday, May the 29th in the year of the Lord 2023. This is Hour 2 of Episode 869. What's up, bye? Episode 869. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> you don't follow me on Snapchat, do you? Uh, no, buddy, yeah. I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a Snapchat. Yeah, you need to. Okay. Cause I have a little thing going with, uh, with, uh, yeah. no. cause I was born in 1969. So I'm allowed to be a little crude about it anyway. Uh, See, your mind is in the right place. You're here. Well, all. <laughs> I bet since Friday, this is all I thought about dude. Me too. Linda's up listening to it. She's executive producing, dude. This is awesome. And on your day off too. Yeah, well, you can't, what, dude. Man, is... I appreciate you. I want to thank Jackson Massey from North Lenore. He was originally in this slot, and he is. We moved his appearance from today tomorrow to get you in here today. So uh, thank you to Coach Massey for that. With a name uh, like Massey, he's got to be a good guy. There I mean, you go. There you go. This is I got do have to say this is the second time now that in a row you were here Friday and Saturday or Friday and today. And uh, you don't have a bow tie on, dude. No, but it is your day off, it, though. It so. is my day off. But I tell you, I've been uh, probably gotten a little more casual since my days in the clothing business. I don't wear as many ties, and um, but but uh, I'll still sneak one out every now and again. Well, I love it. Well, let me tell you, Michael Martin, right here. Hey. We did the birthday game in the first five minutes of today's mm, show. Go. Got it knocked out of the there way. You go. I got two. I had two guests in the first hour. We only gave them fifteen minutes each. Okay, Probably. because I wanted a whole hour. Look at me, dude. I wanted a whole hour with you today. Okay. Well, look. I, you know, we usually go organic on this, but I did. <laughs> uh, I did throw out a text to you yesterday with a little uh, outline of where we need to be. Yep. So, uh, um, but first off, and I. I I did not listen the first hour, and I when I left here Friday, uh, as much as we talked about, um, I want to say um, how much Junius Smith has been on my mind. Yep. Um, and, you know, this is something, and, and we're going to get into this a little bit, but, um, you know, you don't realize – the impact of local media personalities on your life. And, you know, you, you, Junius, uh, you know, what BJ Murphy has done. Um, it's, it's so impactful, particularly for young people. Yeah. Um, you know, Junius, putting in you know 15 hour days so he can cover high school everything in our area it it touches so many lives and it means so much to so many people and you know your posts and things and the comments underneath them what's tremendous is is there is no demographics when it comes to what Junius does, there are no socioeconomic impacts. You know, he he gives every young person who plays a sport in our area the time 
and effort that they so deserve. And that's special. Mm-hmm. And, and Junius will never make the, the, the money he deserves for what he's done. Um, I would be willing to bet he makes about 17 cents an hour with the number of hours he works and the return he receives. But I do desperately hope that um, the messages and the calls and the well wishes, those are the things that show you what you mean to a community. And I hope all these things are being received by Junius and, and his family. I hope that his, um, I hope that his family hears the messages and, and, and sees how much he means. To I us. can personally tell you, Michael, and again, that voice listed right there. Let, let me reset here. That's Michael Martin. He is here with us for the entire second hour. We've got so much to talk about here in this hour. I'm glad you started off with that. If you missed the first hour of today's show, uh, you can get it at, uh, brianhanks.com. You can go to soundcloud.com. You can listen to it again here on uh, 960 the bull, 960 the bull.com at three o'clock today. And uh, we had Mark Panicelli and Richard Clark on. Like I said, this whole second hour is uh, our, our our good friend, Michael Martin, and we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. But back to what you were talking about there, Mike. Uh, Junius, I, I will tell you, I'm, I'm sort of, as you can figure, I'm on the inside a little bit. The guy's my son, man. I mean, he basically is. We brought him here. In fact, did you know June 6th, coming up, June 6th will be the 10-year anniversary that we hired him here to be uh, my government reporter for the uh, Kenston Daily Free Press and then, you know, the rest is history, what he's done in the other 10 years. But I will tell you this, and, you know, this is something I'm really not put out there on social media, but I don't mind telling you. His parents have, uh, they've made the decision, they've kept uh, social media away from him. They've kept his phone away from him, especially with it. Well, but with everything that he's dealing with, with sure. brain tumor sure, 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 sure. and uh, with all that, they decided that, you know what, it would just be best. He does not need that stress. In fact, those first four or five days he was there, they had decided that, uh, or there was so much swelling around the, the mass that was in his brain. And they thought, uh, uh, I guess the doctors and his parents had decided that a significant portion of that is just due to stress. And so they've tried to take out every stress thing that, that every stressor that he could have. I mean, that's why, and it did, it significantly worked because it reduced the swelling around the, uh, around the mass. And, uh, so he had that surgery, what last Tuesday, yeah, last Tuesday, and it's I, – I, listen, I've tried to make it as sunny and as positive, and you know me anyway. I'm not a sure. negative yeah. Nelly in the first place. It's been tough, though, Mike. I mean, it really has. I mean, his parents uh, – we've been up there now three times. We're going up again today, so this will be our fourth time today that uh, Linda and I will be going. And it's been – I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, it's been tough. I mean, the, they just finally removed the breathing tube yesterday after his surgery. They – and usually that's something that comes out the day after. Uh, it's just it's been a rough road to this point. I mean, there's still 10% of the mass that's still in there that they've got to decide when they're going to take that out, and they really do need to take it out. Dude, we're still sitting here. We haven't got the biopsy back yet. They've been you know doing all these tests on the mass that they removed. So I know you're a praying kind. I mean, you talked about that on Friday a little bit. That yeah. uh, what, what church are you a part of? First Presbyterian Church of Kenton, North Carolina. There you go. 
And I know they're praying for him there. I can yes. tell you they're praying for him at Westminster where uh, Linda works. I know they're praying for him at Bethel. Uh, Bert, Bert Potter told us he's on the prayer list there. He's on the prayer list at Southwood uh, Memorial Church down sure. on, uh, uh, is it 58? Yeah, on 58. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't imagine, when's the last time, seriously, Mike, and you've been a part of this community for a long, long time too, when a whole community has come around or has surrounded somebody with love and with prayers the way they are with Junius Smith III right now. I don't remember. When's the last time? Seriously. I I don't recall it either. And, um, and and that's, and this is the way it should be. It should be. Absolutely, dude. But I'm, thank you. Thank you. And that wasn't even on my list of uh, stuff to talk about, but I'm glad you did. And, uh, like I said, we'll be seeing him later. And so I I wanted to address something that you said. He really hasn't seen it. I've told him, you know, when, you know, but he's not really been able to acknowledge me in the time since his surgery, but, uh, I've told him, I know his parents taught, I have shown his parents. Would you believe neither one of his parents are on social media? (laughs) Neither one of, uh, (laughs) Linda and I went Saturday. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Linda and I went Saturday and the minister from his home church in Fayetteville was there. Right. And, uh, they had seen it and they had shown it to his parents. But, dude, if you're not a – you know this, Mike. I mean, if you're not a social media person, social media doesn't mean that much to you. I mean, they're impressed with the hundreds of people and the thousands of prayers. But but to them, when right. you say, hey, 650 people responded to this. You know, it's been shared – you know, the four or five posts have been shared about 2,000 times or whatever. That doesn't really mean that much to someone who's not familiar with social media. Well, and, you know, and – it's the blessing and curse of social media. It is what um, so many of us use now to be connected, and it probably connects us to um, some people that we don't necessarily benefit being connected to. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, I tell people all the time, yeah, it, it's, um, it's great for my mom. Yeah, my mom's able to... How old's your mom, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, my mom is 73. And that's about the same age range for yeah. uh, and, and Virginia's so parents. It allows my mom to be connected with what's going on in, in uh, our lives. Um, and she's able to see, you know, Lily Grace's, uh, you know, dance stuff. And, it, you know, it's just, it's, that is the benefit. Mm-hmm. And sadly, like anything else, um, yeah, the unintended consequences that come along with um, th- things that that were intended to be strictly beneficial uh, put a dark cloud over social media. And sadly, I don't. Yeah, I think that once. Once that dark cloud sets in, I I don't know how social media can ever go back to being what it was intended to be in the first place. Um, MySpace, baby. Remember MySpace when you would share your favorite song and I, you, I, I would click on your problem. Well, you and I weren't MySpace friends. I don't, I'm pretty sure we weren't. But. I never had MySpace. I never what? had MySpace. What? No, I uh, loved MySpace. I really did. And the fact that you could put a song any song in the world and so if you clicked on my profile you had to hear my if you had your volume up you listened to the song that i had up that day i still don't know why facebook didn't adopt that or somebody hasn't adopted that because i loved that i'm sure there's some copyright <laughs> probably probably but 
Um, and look, I, I don't want to, uh, I, I, I don't want in any way belittle, um, what, what's going on with Junius, but man, we got it. We, and we need to pivot into this, uh, the continuing this conversation. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I thought a lot about it since you and I were together on Friday and here's the thing. I do not believe that there's anything that our city government could have done to prevent the sale of the Down East Wood Ducks. Mm-hmm. A. B, I don't know that there was anything that our city government could have done to prevent Diamond Holdings from moving the team to Spartanburg, South Carolina after the 2025 season. But what I do know is this, is we continue to fail in terms of writing the narrative and allowing our citizens to be aware of what's taking place in a real way. And I I will go back to what I said years ago when when the, the people in the community of Hillcrest annexed from the city of Kinston and our local leaders came out and what do they say? We had no idea. Well, here's the thing. If you didn't know, then you don't need to be where you're sitting. Yeah. And the same thing can be said for our local government officials today. Let me put a pin in that just for a second. Let's make a point, though, of people who may not be as familiar with it as you and I are. That was a different mayor. That was a Correct. different city council Correct. back in the Crestwood Absolutely. situation. I Absolutely. just wanted to make a point of that. Please continue. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, pro- I mean, pro- this is probably the most monumental occurrence since the annex- since the Hillcrest annexation. I mean, and and – as I said, if we didn't know, how, how do we not? And and valid point. And if we didn't, then it certainly would appear that we didn't care enough to to have our finger on the pulse of what was taking place within that organization. Um, and my final point on that is this is if I am trying to maintain a relationship with anything, whether it's my personal, professional, I have an obligation to put my best foot forward. And there is a, you know, there has been a list of, um, specific changes that were need to be made at Granger stadium. And, you know, some of them imposed by major league baseball when, when minor league and major league baseball merged, um, the, uh, major league baseball and the one that sticks out to my mind is, um, there has to be a locker room for, female um employees employees yeah. 
on, uh, for the visiting team and the home team. And many people are like, man, I, what, why, what's the point of that? Well, the Fayetteville. Wait a minute, where did that voice come from? I, it's deep down <laughs> in my soul. Um, but, yeah, the, the Fayetteville Woodpeckers team, I think two of their training staff. Well, we had a female training staff last year. And, and so, you know, it, it's do I do I think that there could be other ways to maneuver around some of those uh, requests? Yes, absolutely. Is there any reason why they shouldn't have been done? No. Well, money is a big part of that. And if you remember, we had Stephen Mintz here on the show, who was a manager last year and was a pitching coach for the previous four seasons with the Downey's Wood Ducks. And I remember him telling this story last year uh, right here on the show. I mean, that uh, what they had to do at Granger Stadium was they hung a sheet. They basically, to separate, you've been in the locker room or the clubhouse for the Wood Ducks and for the visiting team. And listen, it's the same as it was when the Kinston Indians were here. It's the same as it was pretty much. Well, I was about to say when the Kinston Eagles, but they have revamped it some. But it's not where it needs to be. And it, even if, even if Major League Baseball hadn't made these stipulations that you know it's got to be this way, we they we still it's 2023. These changes needed to happen. However, I can tell you why they have it. And again, believe me, I'm not taking up for the city council. I'm not taking up for our mayor. I'm just saying. These are things that changed after 2017, okay? We knew we had to keep a minimum standard. I mean, I'm sure it's somewhere in the lease. But the way things changed, the way life changed, like I said, after the pandemic, we talked about that on Friday, and uh, then when Major League Baseball taking over minor league baseball, these are all new things that even when BJ and Tony and Bill Ellis all signed this signed off on this back in 2016, 2017, we didn't know these things were going to happen. We knew that we would need to keep it up to a certain standard. I don't think anybody, I think if you ask BJ Murphy right now, he would tell you, or uh, Tony Sears or Bill Ellis, they would tell you right now, we didn't know that there would be, we would have to make $5 million worth of improvements. I think they thought, well, you know, we probably need to expand the clubhouses. I mean, that is what it is. I mean, but to the tune of $5 million, $7 million, I've seen even estimates, Michael, of as much as 10 or $12 million that the Down East Wood Ducks and the city of Kenson need to make just to get us up to minimum standards. Nobody in 2017 thought it would come that soon. But I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. With all the grants we receive, and all of the government assistance that the city of Kenton receives mm-hmm. and our baseball stadium being recognized as a historic landmark, mm-hmm. you and I both know that the funds could have been found. To the tune and, of $5 million, though, Mike? Yes. At, at least, at least to take the brunt of it away. Look, it, it, okay, and, and I'm listening. And, to you. Go and, ahead, and, I'm, and I am very, um, I'm I'm extremely liberal on most issues, um, but you know, I women in sports creates a humongous, um uproar and it 
raises eyebrows. And I genuinely believe if our city leadership had reached out and presented this in a way that this is going to change the opportunity for women in sports in a small town in the South where we are so slow to change that someone, some business person somewhere, some civic organization, some someone would have assisted in this process. And I'll go even further, you know, if it were going to be named the uh, the Brian Hanks women's locker room. All right. Oh, wait a minute. For the visitors. <laughs> I mean, you know, it like naming rights, yeah. things of that nature. And here's the thing. It doesn't have to be the naming rights for um, – yeah, if if it were going to be the Felicia Nikki Solomon, which I mean, gosh knows, would be most definitely justified because who's made more of an inspiration or an impact in the lives of young women in Eastern in in Kinston, North Carolina? Uh, I would even then go further than that and say my, young people in general. And I know you and but, I are the biggest fans of her in the world, right? But you know, but she is a a a a female leader Mm -hmm. and and so it it, yeah i just feel like it could have happened i feel like it should have happened okay okay no no i'm gonna uh, before we move on i want to how though where's this money coming from and i agree with you should it happen should i I just talked about that but but here's the bigger thing okay but here's the bigger thing okay and this goes back to what i hit on on friday and i will continue to hit on until it changes is if our leadership had submitted all these grants and they all get rejected or they all, you know, net us a hundred thousand of the 5 million that it would have taken. If we were out there telling people what was happening, then I no longer have that argument. Yeah. I, Okay. There are points that you've made that I disagree with, but there are points that you, the the point you just made right there, I 100% agree with. If there's been, other than Chris Sugg, okay, or Chris Suggs, there has not been a member of this city council and, and even the mayor. Now the mayor comes on my show. I mean, he makes TV appearances, but there have, there really has been a a very much lack of communication uh, with this city council. And listen, I love Felicia Solomon. You do too. I think the world of uh, some of these city council members as people, and we have talked about that. I think I'm going to echo. This is what you said on Friday about Chris Suggs. I think he is a very special individual and, uh, and has so much potential in the world and has shown some of that potential and has been as transparent as any elected official that I have seen in our area in 20 years, other than maybe BJ Murphy, when he came into office originally, but having said all that, the rest of the city council, other than uh, Chris Suggs, I think has done a poor, if I were to grade it as a former teacher, myself, Mike Martin, I would give them a D or even a D minus on communication outside of Chris. Cause I think Chris has done a, a fantastic job of communicating 
And that is a major problem with this. It's as you said, I'm going to echo something else that you said there, Mike. That, sorry, my watch was talking to us there. Uh, I'm going to echo something else that you said there, Mike. Is that uh, is there anything they could have done about this? No. Wade Howell on this very show on Wednesday said it didn't matter. Even if we had poured the $5 million, $10 million, $12 million into, the, into uh, improving our facilities, this team was leaving anyway because it doesn't make the money that a team in Spartanburg, South Carolina is going to make. Okay, it's just it's that simple. It's not gonna, and I've got to correct myself here too. I don't know where I got in my head, and this is not has nothing to do with you, Mike. But I had said something about uh, Spartanburg having five times the population that Kinston has. I could not have been more wrong on that, and I've had a couple of people correct me on that, and I don't mind correcting myself. They only have thirty-eight thousand people in Spartanburg. We've got just a shade under twenty thousand people here, so still that's double, but it's not what I said. I was thinking it was in that four times, five times. I couldn't have been more wrong on that one. So but, let me correct myself there. But let me finish this. Even if they had made all these improvements, as Wade said, this team was leaving. I mean, it was. There's just it. It was what it was. However, I'm with you, Mike Martin, and I could not. Have, and I didn't make this point before. You made it on Friday. If the city council, if this mayor had communicated this six months ago, dude, this has been floating around now for a year. Listen. Texas Rangers leadership, I got a tip on this. Heck, I, I got nothing to lose now. I can tell you this. I got a significant tip on this towards the end of last year. They were touring Clark LeClaire Stadium in Greenville. Texas Rangers officials flew from Arlington, Texas, came here and were and toured with John Gilbert, the uh, AD at uh, – or whatever he, whatever his position. I think he's athletic director, yeah, right? Is. At uh, But they toured Clark LeClaire Stadium with the thought of – we may be moving the Down East Wood Ducks to Greenville. Now, that fell through. If they had just communicated, that's my whole point. I'm backing you up on this, Mark. Uh, Mark. I combined Mike, Mike Martin into Mark, okay? But, Mike, if they had uh, communicated better, we wouldn't be as in shock, and this community wouldn't be as in shock. And I believe there wouldn't be as many angry people as there are right now. And that, I mean, look, my anger is much – more directed at our city leadership for for its lack of communication in any way shape or form than it is at the rangers organization or diamond holdings or any of that um and i tell you something else that that struck me and um and it sort of ties into uh, your relationship with Junius and, and, and what brought you here in the first place is I, I do wonder if the demise of local newspapers um, has created some of this. Um, I, I would agree. Continue, but uh, think, I'm going to respond to that when I, you finish. I, I, think, <clears throat> I think that for so long, you know, it was easy for – your local newspaper to be the voice in the public of, um, of, of our community leadership everywhere. And when, and here in Kinston, I, I feel like it, our local newspaper is practically non-existent. It, it is point. non-existent. Yes. And, and, and so, um, 
and so it has become the responsibility of our leaders to find a new way and they've chosen not to. And to a certain degree, I think that it probably benefits them in terms of allowing them comfort in the seats that they hold because they're not being called on the carpet on a weekly basis about what's taking place and they're able to operate in relative anonymity. May I retort? Please. <laughs> it's going to be a positive retort to you. That's we have become a news desert here in uh in Kinston and Lenora County and that's one of the things that when I left the paper in 2016 that I got to I, I was concerned it was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to happen as soon as it did. Let, let's address uh, the new snooze portion of this and BJ Murphy and new snooze. I, I applaud him. Hey, they're coming up on their five, an- five year anniversary of uh, when he started new snooze. Uh, I was a big part of that. Junius was a big part of that too. Uh, we were both with it for the first year and a half of the organization. And I felt like at that time that we had, uh, that we did a good job. I really do. I mean, I stand by the work that we did with that. I did that Junius did that other folks that I brought in did with that for better or for worse. And I I'm, I'm giving BJ credit here. I think he tries hard to keep it as unbiased as he can. And I mean that sincerely, I think I really do, but the city council doesn't trust him. They don't, they feel like he's got an agenda with him being a Republican and a former member of that and him losing in the election to uh, Don Terrio back in 2017 the the feeling is out there like i said for better or for worse if it's true or if it's not true they feel like he's got an axe to grind because of his previous whatever i was about association i guess or whatever is that his fault i don't know i mean that's for readers of news news and for uh, folks who uh you know are outside the bubble to make that assumption i'm not going to make that assumption i because i've said what i've said I think he does as good a job as he can to keep it as unbiased as possible. But when B.J. Murphy and News News talk about uh, the city council voting themselves a raise or taking these shots, or not not even taking shots, but just reporting stuff happening, the city council looks at it as, listen, here's this disgruntled former employee, essentially, former leader taking shots at us when he could just be, he's just trying to report it. Okay. Am I taking up for BJ? No. Am I taking up for the city council? No, I'm just making a, a, a point there that he's kind of in a no win situation. I mean, he, and, and Christy Bach, I have from where she started to where she is now as a reporter, dude, she is amazing. Huge fan. I'm a huge fan, but somehow or other, whether he sells new snooze and gets other people in here or, uh, I know that was an original plan for him was to build it up and to sell it eventually. And, hey, there's nothing wrong with that, dude. I mean, that's that's America, you know. But as long as B.J. Murphy is associated with Noose News and we have the makeup that we have on this uh, with this uh, city council and with the city government here, I, Noose News is not going to be as taken as seriously as it probably should be. Does that make sense, Mike Martin? It does. It does. And, you know, and here's what, 
I, 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 sat, I chatted with a buddy of mine, um, well, Zach Holcomb. I, I ran into him um, downtown Friday, and he and I chatted for a bit. And the one thing, um, and it, it, it's probably uh, poor, um, poor etiquette to use specific names, but um, on the two occasions that Chris Zug that I have criticized Chris Suggs publicly, um, the people in his camp come out, you know, with, with quite a bit of venom. And what I would say, and this is exactly what I told Zach in regards to our, our, our city leadership is if we care about our city, if I personally care about Chris Suggs and his future, then I have a responsibility to be critical and to question certain decisions because if, and, and just using him specifically, you know, if, if we as a community are doing what we're called to do, which is to raise our young people up. It doesn't mean telling them that everything they do is perfect. Yeah. And then if we, if we choose to only, you know, treat them with kick gloves, then at some point it's going to change. And I'll be damned if I don't think that, we're a better community and he's going to be a better leader. If the issues that we're discussing are, you know, a minor league baseball team leaving versus at some point down the road, the conversation being about a major United States corporation moving to China. And if the first time he's called to the carpet, he's not prepared for that. That's a concern. Listen, and as someone, and you and I both have watched Chris grow up, okay? I, I love God, I love that. We are hitting everything here, yeah. Mike. This is awesome. We've both watched Chris grow up, and I think part of it is, here's what I, I can tell you. As someone that's, I, I am more in his corner than I am out of his corner, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I same. mean, I, I'm on his board. I'm on the Kensington's board. And now, it's not met in a little while, but uh, I, I think I'm still on the Kensington's board, Mike. But anyway... My point about Chris is we've watched him grow up from a 13-year-old to where he is now, and just he's an amazing young man. I think that the people that they are concerned about are the ones that make personal shots when they want to talk about – now, you know where I'm coming from when they want to talk about how he celebrated his 21st birthday. What the hell does that have to do with anything that he makes – decision wise when they want to talk about let me let me finish i've let you finish let me finish when they want to talk about the car that he drives when they want to talk about how he dresses that is the the thing that people now if they talk about policy decisions then hey have a problem with that but man don't attack i don't even care if it's don hardy who is i don't know i'm assuming in his late 30s early 40s or previous administrators like gordon vermilion or i don't know jan parson or 
I'm just throwing names out there right now, or Robbie Swenson or whoever, don't make shots at someone's personal life. Take shots at their, if you disagree with their policy, then take shots at their policy and that stuff. Don't talk about, you know, how a kid, how, not a kid, but how a person celebrates their birthday or the car that they drive. If you have a problem with them, have problems with the decisions that they make. That is where I think most people, like you said, in Chris's camp, and I'm sort of in Chris's camp to a degree, that that's where I have a problem. If I have a problem with Chris Suggs because he makes a decision, uh, let, let's even just use the Wood Ducks as, you know what, I don't think Chris Suggs did it. I mean, I'm, I'm saying this hypothetically. Mike Martin, I have a problem with Chris Suggs with how he didn't do enough to keep this team in town. That's one thing. As opposed to, I have a problem because I don't understand. I don't know why he should be driving as fancy a car as he's driving. What the hell does that have to do with anything, Mike? Well, this goes back to, I think, one of the original things we talked about. So, the evolution of social media. And if you choose to be a public figure and you choose to share those types of things, then it is going to open you up to public criticism. Now, now I agree with that. Now, I agree with that. And, and I think where, you know, you can go from that is, um, you know, our, our baseball team is leaving town. And then I think there was a social media post celebrating something somewhere. And, you know, and, and so well, social from Chris, from Chris. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, somebody could say, well, I mean, man, you know, our, our city's facing tough times and this is where you are and what you're doing. And, and this is almost a Ted Cruz thing. Right. Uh, well, uh, and now look, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, not give that you, I'm comparing Chris yeah. sucks to Ted Cruz, but, but I think, but I, but I do, I think that he's on a similar trajectory, but this is the example I'll use. So when I lived in Edgecombe County, I'm sorry, I, I was very fortunate to um, to to be associated with um, the Barnhill family, Barnhill Contracting, which is an amazing organization, and um, associated in terms of I, I was part of a restaurant group that did a lot of events for them, and. I'm catering a dinner one night with Mr. Barnhill, Bob Barnhill, um, and he and, and some of his buddies. And one of the men asked him and said, you know, Mr. Barnhill, aren't you getting ready to, um, you and Penny, your wife, getting ready to take a big trip? And he said, you know, I, I canceled it. And someone said, well, why in the world did you cancel your trip? He said, well, you know, he said, the economy's sort of taking a turn, and yeah, the projects my guys are working on. Now, when he says his guys, I mean we're talking about thousands of employees. Yeah, he said, yeah, I, when when they wrap up what they're working on now, I'm not sure where the next comes from. And he said, I can't with a clear conscience go lay on a beach somewhere, not knowing where my guys are going to work next. That's leadership, and. You know, and 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 whether it is in private sector, public sector, whatever it is, we need a commitment from leaders across the board 
within our community, within our county, within our state, and across our nation that sacrifice personal pleasure and personal gain for the good of those who they serve. Because the problem in most cases now, I feel like most people in positions of leadership, and this is not directed specifically at our local leadership, but leadership at large, view those who they oversee as people who serve them, not as people who they serve. And, you know, so it's... um. It's a sad situation in terms of what the ultimate outcome is going to be for our local minor league baseball team. But it is an incredible opportunity for our community community and our leadership to start to write our narrative, to start our own take on what happens next because that's where I think we most went astray is it is Bill Ellis who is one of my favorite human beings on this planet because he loves this town so much and county and county pardon yeah at no point in Bill Ellis's existence and I would I, I know that it continues today He is in a constant state of looking forward. What is next? Can can I accentuate your point? Please. And I hope I'm not getting him in trouble with this. I hope not. He is so concerned with what's happening with this baseball thing. He's already been in touch with the National Junior College Athletic Association to get the Division III World Series back back here to Kansas. What does that tell you? he doesn't work for this county anymore. Yeah. He has he's working his own personal business, but he loves this county so much, Mike Martin, that he is still still working his fingers to the bone to try to help us. And I just that I'm just accentuating your point. Tell you what, hold I've got to uh, thank sure. a sponsor here, yeah, dude. Uh, thank you so much to UNC Lenore Healthcare. They're the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the Brian Hanks show. Nestled in the heart of Lenore County right here in Kenston, UNC Lenore Healthcare's mission is to ensure exceptional health care for the people it serves. With a medical staff of more than 100 physicians, UNC Lenore Healthcare offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find at hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road right here in Kinston for all your healthcare needs or call them at 252-522-7000. You can also email them at info at Lenore.org or visit their comprehensive website at unclenore.org. And again, thank you so much to Beverly Jenkins, all the folks over at UNC Lenore Healthcare for being the exclusive sponsor of the big interview. It's Mike Martin. We're going to get back to him here in just a moment. But want to thank all our other day one sponsors, Rendell Parrott Academy, Woodman Life, Spence Automotive, uh, Goeco Office Automation. You heard them in the birthday game in the first hour. Lenore Community College and, of course, UNC Lenore Healthcare. Also, the Down East Wood Ducks and the Kinston Police Department and all our other sponsors. Thank you so much for being a part of this show. Let's get back to our big interview Man, 45 minutes has gone by with, I mean, just yeah, like man. that. Yeah. You were talking about Bill Ellis. You were talking about uh, other folks here in this county. Or uh, And let's, let's uh, look right here at the city. We've got a big 
municipal election is coming up. I think uh, filing for it is just here in a few weeks, uh, filing for city council. We've got three city council positions that are going to be opening up. Uh, I believe it is uh, Felicia Solomon, Sammy Aiken, and uh, Pearl Hardy, Antonio Pearl Hardy. In fact, I've already seen uh, a Pearl Hardy T-shirt. Have you seen it? I've not. I've not. I, I've got it. So I've got a picture of it somewhere. It's it's pretty cool. You've ne- I will promise you this, Michael Martin. You've never seen one like this before. I promise you. But uh, having said all that, uh, I, all three have indicated. I had Felicia Solomon here on the show a few weeks ago. She said at that moment she's running for reelection. I haven't personally talked to Sammy Aiken. I don't know if he is, but I don't see why he's not going to. And uh, and like I said, I've seen the campaign shirt for Pearl Hardy, so I know he's running for a re-election. So three positions, all three of them look like they're going to be running for re-election in, uh, in November. I've got to ask you, I asked you at the very tail end, but with 30 seconds left on uh, Friday. So I've got a little bit more time to ask you now. This is a position that you've ran for before. You have uh, ran for city council. Is this something that you're considering doing again? Uh, yes or no? And, and why for either answer there, Michael? Um, so I will say unequivocally, if filing ended today, I would not be running. Okay. Um, why I, so i i don't feel like at this point that there's a pathway to victory for my camp in this in, in, in the process um and more so i, I gained so much um from from the campaign experience previously but it it also cost me a great deal um and not not necessarily monetarily but i have an amazing family i have a wonderful wife and and, small children too and two and two amazing daughters and i don't know that that commitment of time is what's best for our family right now. Um, but I do think that the question that needs to be asked of whomever, um, you know, I think that I know in the past there's been some studies and some, um, some, organizations have looked at um the way our council serves us in its current um iteration yes and and i'm finishing your sentences now dude this is awesome yeah and i think that it it would be um a pretty a pretty wise move to look at districts again um i think that if you look at um at a, at a at a municipality of our size um and our socioeconomic dynamics our um you know we we we're a city that is made up of a lot of small communities and i think that the question 
needs to be asked if the needs of all of our communities are being met. And, you know, I will, I will take it farther and say, Hey, look, forever in this town and every town everywhere, men, men who looked like us made all the decisions for everyone and in no way, shape, or form did they take into consideration the needs of those who did not look like them. Yeah. And that created the majority of the issues that society faces today. But if anyone thinks that pivoting from people who only look like you and I, and what I mean by that is – White, white men. men yeah no i um, agree with you this is me shaking my yeah. head agreeing with you well yes. but but i mean for those who those folks out there listening who <laughs> don't realize that brian and i are both caucasian males yep. they needed it but you know anyone who thought that pivoting from only white men making decisions to any other group solely composed of of one gender, one race, one anything, making all the decisions is a good thing. Like that that's not right. Mm-hmm. It's not the way government is intended to operate. Yeah. And and so if we as a collective can't come to recognize that and recognize the merits of people based strictly on their qualifications um then then at some point it may reach a time where we need to look at a different means of comprising our uh city council and 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 in my opinion i think if something like that were to be addressed i think that our count our, our city council probably would need to be expanded. I think that a town our size probably would be best looked at at five as five districts and two at large seats, which would still give, um, you know, it, which which would still allow for um, our citizen majority mm-hmm. to maintain a stronghold on positions and, and still allow other voices to be heard. And that, and I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. It's not about changing policy as much as it is, in my opinion, about making sure that all voices are heard and the needs of all of our community be heard. Having said that, and again, that voice is Michael Martin this morning here on the Brian Hanks show. I, I agree with you, but I don't think it's going to ha- with the current makeup of this city council. I don't think it's going to happen, but let me say this. I said the same thing with, I say the same thing now with the Republicans in charge of the state right now. And with super majorities in the house and the Senate, you're not going to see change. You know why Mike Martin? 
because the Republicans fought hard to get to where they are. Yes, I'm using a, a, an exaggerated voice there, but to, to, to get in power. And you know what, Mike Martin, you and I talked about this the other day, to the victor go to spoils. And guess what? For years and years and years, you said this, and I want to give you the opportunity to say it on the air, too. You sort of did right there. But for years and years and years in the city of Kenston, it was white five white faces that ruled the city of Kenston, even with Kenston being probably, and I'm talking about 30, 40 years ago, when Kenston was, what, 50-50 uh, black to white, maybe 55-45 black to white, but it was still five white faces. <laughs> That's Elvis, okay? He just jumped up there in front of you. Oh, he, has a, he has a black face. Just so we know. <laughs> yeah, there you go, there you go, there you go. But for a year, for decades, for a long time, it was five white faces that ran Kenston. They were the ones that put this, you know, no district uh, situation in place to keep white folks in charge. Okay. So finally we get to the point where black face, black folks are now in charge of the city. And you know what? And it's like the, like the situation is in Raleigh right now. The Republicans don't want to give up power. If you're in power, Mike Martin, I don't know. You know what? You're a little bit different of an individual. And I say that as a compliment. You are somebody that wants to share. So you're a bad example. But you put somebody, like I said, the Republicans who are never going, they're going to do their best never to give up power in the state of North Carolina. And you know what? As much as I hate Republicans, don't get it twisted. I hate Democrats too. But to the victor goal of spoils. And that's what the situation is here in Kenston. Dude, until there are some... And I'm not saying the folks that are on city council right now aren't common sense. I think they work as hard. I mean, I think they, I think their hearts are in the right places a lot of times, but they're not going to give up that power. Nor should they. Nor should they. Thank you, Mike. Nor but. should they. So we're going to, do I agree with you? Yes, Mike. I think you're right. I and mean, I think that is the best solution. Do five districts in the city of Kenston and then have two at large make the, but who decides who divides up these districts? Because if you get... Uh, it would be the state legislature. Would it be the state? Yeah. There you go. I didn't know that. Thank you. You just educated yeah. me on that. And, and, and then I, have two at large. I love... That's what our county does. And I'm fairly confident that... Um, I mean, that... that I our, love it. I love it. Our leadership in Raleigh um, would, uh, would, would be the ones who would have to uh, initiate that conversation. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if that's something that uh, that they look into down the road. Um, but speaking of down the road, our neighbors down the road in Greenville, North Carolina, will be traveling for a regional for the first time in a long time. Yeah, for four a, years, we've uh, had four home games. Okay, are we done with... I yeah, want to make sure because we we've only got to, like man. five minutes I left. We I want to make sure. I think we need to. Yeah, let's let's get. So we've got five minutes to talk about sports, dude. I got to tell you, I think you and I could do a show oh, five days it. a week. I, I would dude. love it. I'm I'm down. I'm down. I really would enjoy that. And I, I love that we're just different enough. We agree on some things. We yeah. really do. But we're just different enough to where we provide. Dude, you've opened my eyes to a couple of things this morning. I hope I have with you too. Oh, I, you, you know, always I mean, do. you always do. And and I think that it's important for. Um, for the folks that listen, uh, and for the people that call our city home to know, Hey, look, we're two people who love the city of Kinston. Yeah. And in some cases see different paths as the best path to get to where we need to go. 
but we're friends. Yep. Well, it's like I talked about Colonel Tyson here on the show when you were here on Friday. Politically, Colonel Tyson and I, uh, Joe Tyson, a longtime city council member, former uh, mayor pro tem, just one of the most. You want to talk about people that, as there is. I respect him, but politically, we're about as disparate as you could be. I mean, I, I disagree. <laughs> you know, and I feel the same way with Chris Suggs. I guarantee you, Chris and I have different views. Don Terrio Hardy and I have different views. But you know what? I respect all those people because I know where their hearts are. People want to take shot. And it, nothing, you know what? If you disagree with Don Terrio, and I'm not talking to you, Michael, I'm talking to idiots out there on social media. That people want to take shots at Don Terrio Hardy because he wears a bow tie sometimes or because of the color of a hat that he wears. You know what? That's I have no respect. If you do that, then you have lost my respect. If you disagree with him, Mike Martin, because you don't think he has made the right decisions as mayor, that's a completely different thing. Call him out on that. Don't call him out because he wears a bow tie or because he wears an orange hat or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That bugs the ever-living hell out of me. But but No, there's no butt here. What is the butt, Mike Martin? But that's what social media has created. Ugh! And it's why I hate it. It's yeah. why I love it for Junius because people are able to come together and pray for him and all that. But it's why I hate it for these people that just – Lowest, com- I could, those are lowest common denominator folks, Mike, that want to take shots at somebody for because of what they wear. You know what? If I disagree with you, Mike Martin, because uh, you drive a Chevy and I drive a Ford, well, you work for Massey Toyota, so you drive a Toyota, I'm Absolutely. sure. But because you drive a Toyota and I drive a Ford, that's one thing. But I, well, I can never make fun of the way you dress because you look, even now you're dressed down and you look like a damn preppy right now anyway but that's again a conversation for another day okay we're done with that part of it we literally have two minutes so so here (laughs) here's here's my my latest beef with society and and it gets back to social media is the base ecu baseball forum i'm sure you i'm a part of it yes and so i (laughs) i watched this garbage where they complain about everything from you know decisions that coach godwin makes to i mean this guy this this guy the other day posts on their espn plus sucks and and i was so overwhelmed because i've gotten to watch practically every ecu baseball game this year because of the existence of espn plus and this dude is out here bashing it and i'm like hey man you do realize that up until the last couple of years Finding ECU athletics on television was just short of shaking hands with Bigfoot in terms of difficulty. (laughs) Like, it did not happen. And we've reached this point where we can complain because they cost Eastern Carolina instead of East Carolina, or they mispronounce Makarevich's name. name. Like, how far we have come. I know. And how entitled we have become. Sports fans are so entitled, and it is sad in so many ways. But I believe that Cliff Godwin is the best coach that we've ever had at East Carolina University, regardless of sport. And he's a better man, and go Pirates. And he can make twice or three times as much money Hell, at other places. Oh, my gosh. He's look, amazing. And if he, so where do you think they're going to end up? I keep hearing Scott Whittington, our good friend Scott Whittington, says either Winston-Salem or Conway, South Carolina. Do you have a preference? or? Oh, absolutely. I don't want to be a Winston-Salem. Yeah. I mean, that's a 
That's a buzzsaw yeah. at uh, Wake Forest, and good on them. But I, I think Conway is the best. I mean, I've heard Clemson, unlike um, uh, unlike the – Yeah, we got to go. I hate uh, to do this. Gotcha. Thank you, Mike Martin. Uh, thank you to Richard Clark and uh, Mark Panicelli tomorrow. Uh, Richard Clark again and uh, Jackson Massey in our second hour. Have a great Memorial Day. We'll see you tomorrow on the Brian Hanks Show.